And there's the title. Somebody said it, uh, that it couldn't be done. Anybody ever said anything to you that it couldn't be done? You'll never make, that will never happen. I, it's been said in my life more than once or twice. Now I want to read the scripture to you. The scripture I've got up there is from Jeremiah chapter 1, begins at verse 4. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people. For I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I've put my words into your mouth. Was something very similar to that said to Moses at one point too? When he said, I, I can't do that. I can't speak for you. It happens. Now, I love, I'm going to tell you a story, and I love telling this story because I heard it from some people who said they heard it firsthand. Now, this I heard this probably 35 years ago, and some of those people were in their 80s, so this is an old story. There was a store in Watertown, New York. I got to look up the name. I, got, I wrote the name down. I got to what it is. It doesn't matter, but it's Smith and Moore Dry Goods, and they had a lot of merchandise that hadn't sold in a long time. It was just sitting there in the storeroom or sitting on the shelves, and people hadn't bought it. And there was a teenage boy who worked for Smith and Moore, and he went to the manager of the store and said, "The boy's name was Frank. I know that much." His name was Frank. He went to the manager of the store and said, I have an idea and I'd like to try it. I think we ought to put some tables out on the sidewalk in front of the store, put all of this stuff that hasn't sold in years, and put a sign on it that says, 10 cents you pick. Now, back in, this was, remember, a lot of years ago, so 10 cents was a, was a bargain, but not like 10 cents would be today. The owner of the store said, absolutely not. People think it's junk if it's only out there for 10 cents. The boy persisted and said, but it's not selling. What have you got to lose? They put the stuff, finally he recanted and said, okay, you can put the stuff out. He put tables out on the sidewalk there in Watertown, New York, put a sign on it, 10 cents, you pick. Before the day was done, the tables were empty. Sold everything. He came to the owner of the store again and said, I think we ought to try this again next week with more of the junk you've got out back. And he said, no, it worked once, it won't work twice. The boy got so disgusted with the owner of the store that shortly thereafter, he quit, opened up his own store, buying leftovers basically from other places, and Frank started his own business. It wasn't too long after that that Frank, who was putting things out for five and ten cents, built that building. It's still there on the corner of Washington and Arsenal Streets. Oh, Frank's name, you know him better as F.W., as in Woolworth. 
That's where he got started right there. And when Julie and I moved to Watertown, New York, down in the basement, the, the, the lower floors, uh, we used to go in there and shop. Well, Woolworths is no more, but they said it couldn't be done. But it was. There are an awful lot of people around today who think that things can't be done, whether that's in the church or whatever. And God had a plan for Jeremiah, and I believe God has a plan for every one of our lives. And if God says do it, are you going to say no? If God says I'm going to put my words in your mouth, you're going to say Mm-mm. if God asks you, what's your response going to be? When God is talking at this point to Jeremiah, things were at a terrible place in Israel. The golden kingdom of David had now fallen apart. The Assyrians had had taken over, and uh, things were now going south as well for the southern kingdom. They were on the verge of, of collapse. Now, I've told you many, many times, well, I think twice, I'm going to tell you a third time over these last few months, that names have meanings. I, I keep repeating some themes. There's a reason for that, I hope. You might get it after a while. Uh, Jeremiah's name had a particular meaning. It mean, means whom God exalts. Back a lot of years ago, Julie and I had a Springer Spaniel, and that, that dog would run like fury. Oh, man, was that dog fast. He just wanted to run all the time. And I found a Middle English name that fit him perfectly. That means swift runner. In Middle English, it's Sherwin. He was better known to us as just plain Winnie. But, um, but Sherwin was a, f- oh, was he fast. And Jeremiah means whom Jehovah exalts. I can't do it. I can't speak, he says. But God said, trust me, you will. We at Loudon New Beginnings have some things in common with Jeremiah. And I think uh, it's this one is the first. God calls all of us to serve him. And you see that there in the first uh, verses 4 and 5 of chapter 1. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I and you and me, we have been saved to serve. God has a place for every one of us. Okay, I'll stop for a second and let that sink in. God has a place for every one of us to serve. I believe that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Jeremiah tells us, the word of the Lord came to me there in verse 4. Um, That phrase, or its equivalent, if I counted correctly, appears eight times. Oh, by the way, notice I'm down to a, um, the cast is now gone, I'm down to a brace. Yay! Okay, I don't know how long, he said, maybe by April Fool's Day you'll get it off, but we'll see. Okay, that's a way out there yet, but at least the cast is gone. So, God had a plan for him, and God makes these four statements, and I love it. Before you were born... I formed you, 
I knew you, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God had a plan for his life. I believe God has a plan for your life and my life too. He has a plan for all of our lives. I appointed you. Now, Jeremiah, Jeremiah is not the only person that God knows forms sets apart. It's if the truth were told, he has an awareness of that for each one of us. I don't know what God has called you to do. I mean, but do you do it to the boy? I almost feel like going around and just pointing some of you out. <laughs> you know, I really do. I really, really do, and say, how has God used you, and has God asked you to do these things? You know. Okay, a flight attendant. Has God asked you to do your best you can possibly do in that job? I think he has. An EMT, has God asked you to do the best you can do? An electrician over here, has God asked you to do the best you can do? Some of you have schooled your kids at home. If God's called you to be a homeschool mom, then you'd better do it. Some of you have been called to be a nurse. Praise God for you. You've kept some of us alive. Do it to the best of your ability. We have been gifted to serve. Look at this, these verses of Scripture. We have different gifts. Okay, I'm coming back to another theme. You're hearing it again. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him be a miser. No, that isn't what it says, is it? Let him give generously. If it's leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It's good stuff. Mother Teresa made this statement. I like it. By blood and origin, I am an Albanian. My citizenship is, a t is Indian. I am a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the whole world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. That ain't bad. That really is pretty good stuff. Whatever your calling is, I challenge you to be sure to surrender entirely to the heart of Jesus Christ. God apparently spoke to Jeremiah either audibly or through a vision, I don't know. And I believe the Lord has spoken to some of us at times, either audibly or through a vision, through a dream, through an encouragement. Maybe it's just the giftedness you have. And you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable doing this. This is what I like to do. So if you like to do it, maybe that's a gift the Lord's given to you and you want to use it. Here's another way that you and I are like Jeremiah. We're often reluctant to accept God's call. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are sometimes reluctant to accept God's call. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. And as I said earlier, it sounds like Moses. And he says, oh, my brother Aaron can speak better than me. Send him, not me. And we can say, there's probably somebody sitting around you. You can say, send them, not me. The Lord cautioned Jeremiah not to say this. Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. 
We don't know how old Jeremiah it was. Most of the scholars seem to think he was probably in his 20s. He was likely a young man. And uh, he said, I'm too young. And I've had people say to me, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too poor, I'm too stupid. I don't know enough. Whatever it is, I don't have a talent for this. I don't have anything to offer. If I were to throw the name at you of Reuben Robinson, how many of you know the name? Only one person, only Julie, maybe knows the name of Reuben Robinson. Reuben Robinson was born in 1860 in a dirt floor log cabin in Tennessee, the hills of Tennessee, hillbilly. When he was 10 years old, his dad died. His mother took the family and moved to Texas, where Reuben became a cowboy. At the age of 20, he went to a church service and was wonderfully saved. That week, laying out underneath, he said, the wagon where he slept every night, the Lord called him to ministry. And Reuben said, I can't speak. You see, the issue with Reuben was that he stuttered so badly that even when he said his own name, nobody could understand what he was saying. And God called him to preach. So from, let's see, if he was born in 40, it was 19, in 18... Uh, excuse me, 1860, so it was 1880. From 1880 to his death in 1940, so he started off on horseback and in wagons, ended up in trains, and then eventually in cars. He traversed this country two million miles. He led, they estimate, 300,000 people to the Lord. By the time he got done, this kid who had never spent a minute in education, he, had ne he couldn't read nor write, let alone speak. If I said the name of Uncle Bud Robinson, some of you might recognize his name a little better. 300,000 people to the Lord. He wrote 18 books. But laying under the wagon that night saying, I've never been to school a minute in my life and I can't speak. If God calls, God enables. I heard somebody had it on an old record that had been transcribed onto a record years and years ago. I listened to one of his sermons. When Uncle Bud preached, he didn't stutter. As soon as he walked away from the pulpit and walked down the aisle, you could hardly understand him. God calls, he enables. Now, reluctance may be based on past failures. That, that's really possible. How many times have you thought, well, I've tried that before, and it's, it's, it's always failed in the past. Well, you know, I'm not going to do it again. I taught a Sunday school class, and it was awful. I was a disaster. I tried to be this. I, I, I quit. 
Okay, another name I'll throw at you. James Irwin had a terrible accident in an airplane, a jet. He was badly injured. Um, he had loss of memory. He had all kinds of other problems, but he refused to let it keep him down. He applied to be an astronaut. He was rejected. He applied again. He was rejected. He applied again. He was rejected. He applied again. He was the eighth man to walk on the moon. I have this letter opener that I've had since 1973 in my possession that says Apollo 15. Oh, look, James Irwin. It's a reminder to me, don't quit. If God has asked you to do something, don't quit. Let him encourage you to do it. Reluctance may be overcome by thinking more positively. Now, I'm not thinking of this thing where it's just, you know, just good thoughts. That's not where I'm going. But if God says, do it, you know, we may say that I'm only a child, but... No, it's not. You just go to that one. I don't have a slide for that one. But let God do it. Uh, some of you have probably read this before. Uh, Edgar Guest was the author who wrote this. Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he, with a chuckle, replied that maybe it couldn't, but he'd be the one who wouldn't say so till he tried. So he buckled right in with a bit of a grin. On his face, if he worried, he hid it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done and he did it. Someone scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one ever has done it. But he took off his coat and took off his hat, and the first thing you knew, he'd begun it. With a lift of his chin and with a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quit it, he started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. There are thousands to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle in with a bit of a grin. Take off your coat and go do it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done, and you'll do it. Isn't that fun? Reluctance may be overcome by taking responsibility. God told Jeremiah, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. God encouraged Jeremiah not to be afraid of the people. He said, I will send you out and give you the courage and the strength that you need. So here's my final thought for you here this morning. It's this one. God has a plan for us to serve him effectively. And the scripture is this one. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, now I have put my words into your mouth. God has it there for you. On Tuesday night in the board meeting, 
I said, I, I read something to the board, and I said, you might hear this again. It's in my notes. I, it may be in my notes for Sunday. It's just part of the mass of stuff that was on my desk. And uh, I want to share it with you again right now. Uh, on Tuesday, it was the day after uh, the Reverend um, Dr. Martin Luther King Day. And this was something that Dr. King said, and I really quite like it. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. That ain't bad either. All of us can serve effectively through God's grace. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. If he's asking you to serve, his grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your, doesn't say your, but I'm putting it in there, in your weakness, in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. In other words, serve. God says, you can count on it. I will help you. I was standing in the living room a couple of days, well, maybe a couple of weeks ago now, and I just mentioned to Julie, I said, remember that piece we saw on TV? It was uh, on PBS. They did a, a, this extended special on Benjamin Franklin. I don't know if any of you saw that. It was really quite good. You know, Burns, once again, one of his documentary pieces. And the piece that really nailed me was this. Franklin was a phenomenal inventor, but one thing that he invented was this Franklin stove, right? The governor of Pennsylvania offered to Franklin a patent, an exclusive patent, so that he could make a lot of money on it. And I, lo I don't know if I put the screen up here. Oh, well, that's just the end of the statement that he made. Because he said no. He said, because whatever I create should be a glad opportunity to serve others. He, first and foremost, Franklin was always a printer, right? That's what he did from the time he was a boy all the way through his life. He was a printer. So he had a pamphlet created and printed and passed out free of charge to how to design and operate a stove that he said that any competent blacksmith could build and you don't have to pay for it. Here's the plans. Just do it. I love it. I love it. We should be glad of any and all opportunities to serve others. That's where we're at and where we should be. You may never be an inventor like Benjamin Franklin, but you can serve. God has a plan for you and me. Denise Powers is not here this morning, but I asked her last week if I could mention something without going behind her back, and she said, sure you can. In her steward's report, because she's the head steward this year, in her steward's report to us this week, 
I believe it was nine names she listed on her report of those of you who have made her job possible this past month. Is that sinking in a little bit? We should be glad of an opportunity to serve others. She could not do the job of head steward without the rest of us, without some of you saying, yeah, I'll help, I'll go do that, you can count on me, sure. Using the gifts and graces we have. You've all seen this poster before, haven't you? It was created a long time ago. I think it was First World War, I think. Not positive on that. Well, Uncle Sam's saying, I want you for the U.S. Army. I want you to allow the new beginnings. When we have a new pastor, which is not far off, he's going to want you to be ministering here. He's going to want you soon. He's going to need your help. Let me pray for a second, and we'll move on. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the, well, the burr under my saddle when I read Jeremiah once again. It wasn't the easy, here am I, send me. It was, oh, Lord, find somebody else. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you might um, help us and encourage us as we move forward. That each one of us might say, Lord, if it is me, I'll, if you put the words in my mouth, then maybe I'll give it a chance. Lord, I pray now your blessing on each one of us. Amen.